Hi. I wanted to do another one of these. Been in the mood to talk on here a lot lately, so why not continue that? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, things in my own life, uh, before going into, like, I guess a bigger topic that I wanted to discuss. Um, so I think it's funny that last week I talked about, um, keeping myself accountable to contact the friend that, um, whose account I saw on Instagram that I haven't spoken to in like 13 years, um, because I didn't do that at all. (laughs) Uh, part of the whole anxiety thing I go through when I want to contact somebody that I haven't in a long time, um, I feel like I'm getting a lot of practice at this in the last, like, few months because I contacted one of my other friends from high school. Um, One of the ones that I stopped talking to last year, I contacted one of them a couple months ago. It was probably, like, three or four months ago at this point. And that didn't work out. Like, she said she wanted to meet up, and then she just, like, basically ghosted me. Um, and I've, like, moved on from really that group of people, um, but this person is outside of that, but, like, that experience, um, I think makes me more nervous because it didn't work out last time, and I, I'm not exactly excited about the idea of repeating that process of, like, trying to reach out and thinking that it's gonna, and that we could talk about everything and have it not work. Um, I get to like these places sometimes where I'm sure that people who also have complex PTSD or trauma or whatever can understand, probably even some who don't can understand, like the idea of like having this like problem and kind of knowing the general thing you need to do to fix it but feeling, like, frozen in that, like, I know exactly what I, what message I'm going to send to this person once I finally do it, but every time I think about doing it, I just have this, like, moment of, like, fear, uh, sorry, um, my voice sounded weird there because I thought I was gonna cough, um, but yeah, like, I have this moment of fear where I just feel frozen and I, I'm just scared about actually doing the thing, even though I know that once I do it, I'll probably feel better because it will be done. Um, I just, like, whenever things like this happen, it takes a while for me to kind of, like, get past that, that final thing. And sometimes it takes a while, like, um, I, this happens in other parts of my life, too, like, um, yeah, it just does. So, that's where I'm at with that. Um, one thing that happened this week was my job. So, one thing that was good in the last, like, couple months with my job is that they announced that they're changing their raises to being, like, merit-based instead of just, like, cost-of-living-based. And in case you don't know what that means... 
I mean, I wouldn't know what that meant until they explained it to us in a meeting this week. Um, but basically merit-based is like when you get a raise based on how you do your job. Um, like if you do a good job or not. And cost of living was how they did it before where they just gave us like the bare minimum raise. Like this job, oh my god, I've worked at this job for almost three years. It'll be three years like next week or no, the week after next week will be like the 25th will be three years that I've worked at this place. And the first two years that I worked there, I got a like 58 cent raise (laughs) over the first like two years. I started at fourteen fifty an hour and I made like fifteen dollars and like eight eight cents. Um and then at the end of this like just like a couple like last this past paycheck for this week, a raise showed up on that where they finally like raised our rates to closer to what they should have been paying us this whole time, which for me was like sixteen dollars and like thirty something cents. And part of that was them saying that they're going to do, like, the whole merit raises, which is generally a good idea. The thing that I just get nervous about is that one of the things that they're doing as part of, like, figuring out, like, how much they would give a raise for, for, like, you know, for over this, whatever happens with work over the next year, is that, like, you have to, like, meet with your... Um, managers and they give you like certain tasks they want you to hit and um, it just makes me flash back to the first department I worked at in this company and how they did stuff like that and how not good that ended up being Um, it's it yeah I'm trying not to like think that it that's going to happen again where it will be just as bad because there is a lot there's things about the first like um the first department that I worked in that don't exist in this one like I don't everyone works from home first off and there isn't like a lead um person like a like at my job there's like what they call a lead and then there's like the managers and so the lead is like kind of a manager but kind of is in between of like being a regular worker and being a manager and so the lead for the first department I worked in was very difficult to work with and had like super high expectations that were not like rational really at all for anyone to meet and also just made it really hard to like meet them like she used to like it for instance this was something that always bothered me when I worked with her um we did audits which is like like health insurance companies mainly sending out medical record requests like in big batches and wanting to see like people's records for like certain sort of doctor's appointments so that they could look at the records and make sure that the doctors are doing what they're supposed to be doing and and all that kind of stuff um insurance companies do that just to make sure that doctors are doing their jobs because if they don't do what they're supposed to be doing then they like won't ex they'll like not accept 
them anymore and then you know the doctor will lose patients um that's kind of one of the things that is meant to keep doctors in check i don't know if that actually works i don't think so but it's but that's what it's supposed to be there for um and so we would do like a uh, none of those usually took a lot of time to do them so you did like 80 90 of them or something like that a day and so there were times when I worked in that department where I, where somebody would, would, one of us would have, like, one of the ones we worked on get sent back, and because we made some sort of mistake on it, and the thing that was frustrating is that, like, the lead person would usually, would get the emails about it first, and she would, she would, like, see what mistake we made, and, redo it herself and then usually would like email us about it later or like she would always tell us that we made like a mistake doing this and this and this later on but she like wouldn't tell us in the moment when it was happening like and like so she like would basically like when she would get that stuff instead of being like hey this was sent back because of this um, just make sure, like, you know, redo it and fix it and make sure not to make that mistake again. She instead would, like, fix it herself and then tell, like, the managers about it and be like, oh, this person made a mistake, like, making the rest of us look bad. And then also the thing that was hard was that because she was doing that, we, um, we didn't know when we did something wrong like we would always find out about it like way after the fact and it's like if you don't give me the work that I've that has gotten sent back that I did so that I can fix it and I can remember what the mistake was so that I don't do it again there's no way for me to know not to do it again (laughs) like duh um But yeah, that was something that happened there for, like, a long time. Like, it wasn't until the last couple months that I worked there when I came back after doing my treatment program and had, like, a lot more confidence to, like, stand up, try to stand up for myself and my other, like, coworkers and stuff. That was definitely the reason why they, like, kicked me out of the department, or at least part of the reason. Um, I, like, brought that up to be, like, you know... And, like, the lead that I worked with was, like, mad that I asked her to do that. But it was, like, I don't understand why that would make you mad. (laughs) Like, besides the fact of the obvious that I think that she was mad because she liked... Because I think that lead liked the idea that if she, like, corrected all of our mistakes and told our managers about it afterwards, that it made it seem like she was always... Like, that she had to be there and because she was the one that knew what to do. And all the rest of us would be making mistakes, but, like, um, so she had to be there to, like, help us correct them in a way. Like, almost, like, pump herself up as, like, the person that would go to the managers and tell them when the rest of us were making mistakes that, um, and make her look better to like make it seem like she was the only one who knew how to fix these things but that wasn't accurate like the rest of us would know what to do if 
people just told us what we had to do. Um, so I think that's generally what it was with her, was that she didn't like that because it made her look good. But it's also like, yeah, but that also makes us look bad. And we aren't even part of this conversation. So we look bad and we don't even know that we look bad. And that's not exactly fair. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, the, yeah, as you can tell, like, that first apartment that I worked in was not a healthy work environment at all. Like, that was the manager also that used, like, a point system when it came to attendance. And if you, like, left for, left work early because you got sick, you got, like, a point off. If you, like, called in sick, they, you got, like, a point off. If you, like, punched in one minute late, you got a point off. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I really thought it was unfair that we got points off for leaving work early if we were sick or calling in sick. Like, you're supposed to be able to use your time however you want. And she was punishing us for that. And so, like, that department did things like this. Like, the whole like, having goals they want you to reach, and, um, having meetings with you about discussing, like, the goals, and if you've reached them or not, I don't know. I just always get super nervous whenever, um, you have to talk to your managers. Um, like, this job has been otherwise, I think the thing that I'm mostly nervous about it's just that this job has otherwise been, like, fine. Like, I go to work every day and I do it. It's not, like, stressful. It's not super challenging or anything, which is why I'm fine with it. I'm honestly fine with my job being, like, not hard at all and not something I really have to think that hard about. And, you know, it's, I get to work from home and don't, and can, like, literally lay on my bed in my pajamas with my cat asleep next to me and do this job. Like, I can do it for a while, and then I work best when I, like, work for, like, 20 minutes and then take, like, a, like a 5 to 10 minute break and then go back and then take another break. Um, if I just keep going without taking a break, I get, like, exhausted and my brain just gets, like, almost numb from doing the same thing. <laughs> um, so I don't think that this should cause problems, but it just makes me nervous that it could make things not as easy as they've been for the last, like, almost year at this point. Um, I started working at that job in May, or, yeah, in May of last year. So, yeah, I'll see. And it was interesting because I was talking to my friend that I've been just working a couple hours a week that's teaching me how to do like SEO like digital marketing about how much I wish I could just work for her like full time and I genuinely wish that I could do that like the stuff that we do with that she's teaching me with that is so much more interesting than the job I actually do full time all the time and I don't even though it's work it doesn't feel like work because (laughs) sorry, because I just find it fun to do. Like, it's social media, like, focused things. It's, like, like, figuring out. So, I feel like it's almost using everything that I've learned since being on the internet, since I was, like, 11 or 12 or something. Um, 
to figure out how to like get people to look at things um for like small businesses and so it's like using the the things that I've already that I already have noticed um towards my advantage so even though it's like work like figuring out um if like something stops working figuring out why or like seeing like the big thing with like that like digital kind of marketing kind of content stuff is like having the content that like your whatever small business has already made like blogs on their website and like figuring out how to use that for lots of different posts on different platforms so that you don't have to like keep re like keep making new things like that's that's always like the thing that I see people who do like digital social media marketing talk about is the idea of like if you make like a TikTok video you can like post it there but you could also like post a tweet of it you can post a pin of it on Pinterest you can post a reel of it on Instagram you can post a video of it on Facebook like the idea that you post one make one video one time but you can post it in like five or six different places at once um the yeah I wish I could just work for her full time but um health insurance is the thing that holds me back because health insurance is expensive if you're doing it on your own um like honestly I don't even know how much Obamacare is at this point and how much it would charge me for having like it at this point but it's one of those things that I can't like just be almost um what is the word I'm looking for like I don't know uh I can't like just have no um health insurance because in the least I need it for therapy for therapy and then for um hopefully one day I I actually get a psychiatrist to respond to me so I can possibly see them again and you know get medications again um my my psychiatrist stopped doing things during COVID and I haven't been able to get into see one since I haven't really tried as hard as I could have but still um I want to do that one day and like doing all of that would be way 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 more expensive especially the medications without insurance um and I don't know if I could afford insurance on my own without like the you know the discount you get from your job um from like a corporate type job where they give you um a deal on it like my job does instead of doing working just with one other person um so that's my thoughts and feelings for the moment I'll let everybody know how everything with that goes obviously um and the other thing that I wanted to say or talk about was something that we discussed in therapy this week and so I felt like um I realized that it was something that might help people which is the idea of just talking more about like the different family roles and like why certain things happen um specifically when you're the scapegoat and 
why the, like, golden child, like, sibling that you have might, like, seriously, um, disappoint you. Um, it feels weird, like, lately, um, talking about things with my sister because I don't know if this is true. I know every family is different, like, every person, even just the people who are the most abusive in different families are always different, but for mine, um, the things that my sister have done and the, like, the decisions that she's made are the ones, she's the one that I haven't really thought that much about and haven't really wanted to deal with and think about at all, really, hardly at all over the last, like, four years, like, I spend a lot of time thinking about, like, my parents and their roles and everything like that, and, um, it isn't until, like, the last few months where I've, like, let myself really think about the stuff that my sister has done that also hurt me a lot, and, like, acknowledge that and, like, let myself, and even just, like, talk to my therapist about it. It wasn't until, like, the last, like, month that I really talked about, like, the things that she did that really hurt me in a real way to my therapist, even, and I've been seeing her for about a year, basically a year at this point, um, and I think I do that because it's, she's, like, the one, um, I'm trying to think of the way to explain this, I think that I've avoided her because she's the only family member, really, that I have left, that I have some sort of relationship with, and it's also a thing that's, like, left over from growing up that I just have this overwhelming, like, need, almost, to protect her from everything, even things that she shouldn't be protected from. Like, um, I don't remember if I said this on here. I'm pretty sure that I did, but I honestly can't remember anymore. But, like, the week of my birthday, when I ended up getting COVID, I didn't, I, like, avoided telling her for a really long time because I knew that she would, um, that she would worry when she found out that I had it. And so I put off, like, telling her for a super long time until I basically felt fine. And then I knew that I could, that, you know, I could, like, dissuade her, like, worries. Um, that's, like, a small thing, but it's just, like, uh, it's part of the whole scapegoat golden child dynamic that, like, when you're the scapegoat, you kind of, like, put yourself up on the chopping block as, like, the person, like, you'll, you'll deal with things from your parents, and instead of, um, instead of leaving, leaving it open for them to be doing that with your, um, golden child sibling, and they usually don't like that, like, um, in the Creepshow art, um, episode that I posted yesterday, I talked, I compared some of the things that she did with some things that my sister did in the past, and, like, when I graduated high school, and I 
um, left for two years when my sister was still living at home, she was, like, very mean, like, and vindictive and, like, revengeful towards me. Um, she did a lot of, like, really horrible things to me. Um, just to, like, sum it up, she, like, stole my debit card information and stole money from me. She, um, stole the usernames of one of my roommates and pretended to be her just to fuck with her and her friends. And then, like, the responsibility of that, like, obviously came down to me because she was one of my fucking roommates. So, clearly, that was going to be something really hard for me to deal with. She pretended to... And then she was, like, pretending to be me online. It was really... Like, I honestly, to this day, I will never understand why she would ever want to be me. <laughs> like, what about me um, is something that anyone would want to be, especially during that time. Like, I was so, like, I was a walking trauma response. Like, I didn't know how to talk to anybody um, I hardly, I had, like, my one group of friends when I was in high school, but I didn't really know how to interact with anybody. I was, like, terrified of the idea of, like, friends that I made dating because, um, that was really scary to me at the time because of everything that happened. I, yeah, there's so many things with me, like, there's, and no, none of it was positive, <laughs> Um, but I feel like that's something that can happen when, with the whole adversarial, um, environment that can happen with, like, in, um, abusive family kind of systems where there's a golden child and a scapegoat. I feel like my sister always looked at me like I had all of these things that she didn't, even though that was <laughs> absolutely not true. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. But, and I've just figured that out just from, like, little comments she've said, like, um, like, like a couple years ago, she was like, oh, uh, I thought you made more money an hour. I was like, no, I've made, like, $15 an hour at this job for, like, years at this point, and it's like, I don't know why she would think I would make more, just besides, like, that she had this idea about me that I made more, and it was like, that idea doesn't, like, match up with who, who I am and, like, how I live. Like, it just doesn't. Like, my apartment, I've said this a million times, my apartment has, like, almost, it hardly has anything in it. Like, I moved into this apartment in one hour because the only furniture I have is my, the mattress that I sleep on. I don't have, like, a dresser or anything like that. Uh, like, my apartment came with a dresser and, like, a little couch and a desk, but I, like, hardly ever use them, but they're there, um, but, like, I don't have things, like, I haven't had, like, amenities in years at this point, I, I, like, my car broke, like, almost two years ago, and I've never even tried to replace it because I know I don't have the money, um, it's just, like, there's so many things that, like, normal things, I guess, that, like, people have that I don't have. Like, what about that makes you think that I have extra money? That I make enough good, or I, that I make money at the job that I work at? Like, when you look at the things that I do, 
um, and that I don't have that would tell you that I don't have money and that my job doesn't make, doesn't pay me enough money because I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I sold most of the things that I had that were worth anything money-wise and never replaced the things that I used to have. Um, like, I've been wanting to get a box spring for my mattress for, like, a year since I moved into this apartment, like, a year and a half ago, and I've got, I'm, like, close to getting to the point of me actually possibly buying one, but, um, it took this long, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like that doesn't match with the idea that she had about me in her mind, but I think it like, I think, I think that that idea, um, goes along with the whole thing that when you're, if your parents don't want you to get along and they kind of help build this like adversarial relationship between the two of you, um, and especially if you, it's, it's kind of like the thing of what I was saying in like the creep show art like episode that I did yesterday too to mention it again is that like when you look at somebody else and are like and look at them as if they have all these things that you do that you don't then like the perception of who you think they are gets like super skewed and you don't really see them for who they are, you see, like, who you think they are, and, um, and, like, treat them in a certain way because of who you think that person is, um, and so I think that my sister thought these things about me, um, because of that, like, I think she, for whatever reason, probably because I was, like, just because I was two years older than her and I could get a, and I graduated high school first and could get away. Um, or whatever things she thought was happening when we were growing up. Um, where she thought that one of my parents were nicer to me. That doesn't make any sense from what I remember, but it happens. Um, that she thought that I was, that I somehow had things that she didn't. So she, thought all of these things about me and like saw me in a certain way that wasn't actually true to who I am and it still like goes on to this day um so like that is something that happens um like the angry that that's the stuff that I don't like to talk about like her being very like vindictive and very much like the world has taken this shit from me, so I'm going to take it out on everybody around me, because I feel like I've lost things, and so I want other people to almost feel how I feel, is that sort of feeling, that's just not something that I've ever really indulged in very much, but I've seen her do things that are like that, um, but the thing that I was talking about in therapy this week was, like, with this role idea, um, is also, like, why, almost why golden children do some, most of the time, a lot of the time, betray scapegoat kids, um, like, the reasons why we're a scapegoat, uh, and tend to be the ones that, like, walk away from the family when the other, when they don't join us, like, why that happens, um, we were talking about that in therapy this week because 
that is something that I don't like to talk that I haven't wanted to talk about when it comes to my sister because it's hard um it's not easy to think about but it is the truth of what happened and what continues to happen because one of the thing the whole reason why this discussion started with my therapist is that I was the last like two weeks of sesh of like sessions I've been trying to explain to her why I can't talk to my sister about anything and I mean anything at all like even just talking about things that are going on in my life or issues that I'm having or anything um I basically can't talk to her about any of it because every almost everything somehow comes back to like our parents or something to do with that and um things have happened with her in the past that show me that she doesn't see them at all like even close to being how they actually are and it's like I used to try um there's a few times in like the end of 2020 where things happen with that where we got in like arguments about it and I just like realized like I just can't do this anymore like I just can't talk to her about any anything that could somehow revolve like mention them in any way because she just she just refuses to see it and so like the thing we're how we got in that like so that's why we are on this discussion topic in the first place and so um the thing that I was talking about with this is like explaining how she like flip-flopped how she felt about my parents like almost literally overnight um and which is why like it's impossible for me to talk to her about anything and why I don't even try even though I wish that I could I really wish that I could but it's just not something that's possible um so so I thought that that might be helpful for people just in case this has happened to you or might happen to you in the future just for you to know like almost I don't know this is something with me but a lot of times when I know why somebody feels a certain way or I realize what happened, even if, even though the situation doesn't suddenly get better, it, like, just helps me. And, like, it feels better for me knowing and understanding how it occurred. Um, (coughs) Even though the situation hasn't improved like that feeling of like not understanding and not knowing what's going on is like scary for me so when I figure things out I just it always helps me feel better so I'm hoping that this will help somebody feel better who has been through a similar situation um because literally like uh I know every family is different but this was mine so like growing up with both of my parents like triangulating against me or and to put it in like easier terms than that um like my dad was emotionally verbally sexually abusing me and they triangulated against me like they teamed up together to um control me and stop me like my when I told my mom about what was going on she didn't support me and try to and help us get away from my dad she helped 
my dad cover things up. And so they were both like a team against me. And because that situation happened and stayed like that pretty much to this day, um, the, like, when I was growing up, the thing that always, that I could never, and that I had a really hard time admitting ever was the idea that my mom was, like, also failing me in some way, or wasn't supporting me, or didn't do everything she could, like, in my mind, I've, like, tried to tell myself that my mom was, like, the best mom there ever was, and she was, like, the best parent, and my dad was the shitty one, like, I literally thought that about her, like, it was, it wasn't until I went to therapy in 2018 where that started to change, um, and the reason why I felt that about her, and, like, refuse to believe differently is because that was like the thing that sent me down like the slippery slope of like having to think about the abuse that my dad did and her role in helping cover it up like it's kind of a weird thing to think about that like my mom how I felt about my mom is what caused that to happen but it it is what caused how it was for me So, like, growing up, my sister would be the one to, like, point out when my mom was doing, was being a jerk, or when she was doing things that wasn't okay, and I, and she would get, like, mad at me because she would be, like, this obviously isn't okay, and I, like, would have, um, would always argue against her, like, um, saying that, and, like, not wanting to believe what she was saying, because, um, it meant to see, seeing my mom as, like, someone who was also doing some not great shit, and I just, like, couldn't do that, because then the whole thing, like, to sum it up as best as I could, um, if I, like, realized that my mom wasn't, wasn't good, or then I would have to admit that, like, the thing that I always told myself was that, like, oh, these memories that I have of, like, me telling my mom about the abuse and her not doing anything about it can't possibly be real my mom would never do that and I like kept trying to convince myself of that all those years and so like if I saw my mom doing something else that wasn't great then that would just make me think that 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 memory must be real and that she really did do that um Like, for an example, when I was, when my sister and I, like, moved in together, um, my mom, there was something that happened, like, my sister's car, like, broke down or something like that, and so my mom had to come pick her up, um, had to come pick her up from where her car broke down, and so we could get, like, a, a tow to, like, a place to get it fixed or whatever, and when she showed up, she had, like, a coffee cup in her car, Um, and my sister was, like, yelling and mad and saying that my mom had, like, a coffee, like, a coffee mug that had, like, beer in it in her car, and that she was drinking when she was driving here, and my mom was like, no, I don't, she's just, like, you know, she's not understanding, da, 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 and so I was, and so I tried to calm Cassie down and be like, no, I don't, I don't think that mom has that, she would just get, like, mad and frustrated, And she was right for being frustrated with me, 
but it was kind of one of those things that I couldn't admit that my mom was doing that and also I was like always in like the peacekeeper role and so like even if I could think about it um I like always had to I always felt like my role in the family was to keep everybody else happy and so when fights like that would happen I would just try to find a way to like dissolve them but so like every so that so my sister was usually the one that would like get mad or like bring things up that my mom or when my dad was around what my dad was doing and then sometimes I would get mad but and she would be and she would be like no let's like forgive dad after like a day or so of it um but most of the time when it came to my mom I could never admit like that she did the things that she was doing was wrong unless it was like big like when she got like a DWI RD yeah a DWI um and things like that but other than something super obvious like that I just couldn't do that it was really hard for me like there were times when my mom was being ridiculous like she used to send us these emails being like I know you don't want to talk to me anymore and I would be the one that would email her and be like what the fuck are you talking about of course we do like what literally what are you talking about Cassie and I talk to you and see you way more than anyone else that I know with like their parents at the at the age that we are um so it was like this weird balance that like some when it was like big things that could be something like connected to me thinking that my the abuse memories that I had were real I would be I would be like no mom can't do that but at the same time other things that she did I would always be the one to tell her to stop being an idiot (laughs) and stop being stupid and like when I would like when I would send those emails my sister sometimes would tell me that I was being too mean to her and I would just like roll my eyes and um that's how so it was interesting when I think of that stuff how sometimes I would be like the one telling her to get over herself and other times I would be like on the opposite side of when Cassie was bringing stuff up Cassie's my sister um so it really, really depended on what it was. But the thing that was so wild for, like, the reason why I know I can't talk to her about anything is that when I... So the thing that was crazy about this whole dynamic that I'm trying to say is that when all those years she was always trying to almost get me to be on her side and I would always be like, there aren't sides. Like... I don't want to be on your side or mom's side. I just want to be, like, me, you know? Um, But that's how she, like, saw it. And she always was trying to convince me that she was right about certain things. And then, but I would, I would not agree. And then finally in, like, 2018, when everything happened with my mom, I did agree. And was like, yeah, mom's fucked up. She does, like, all this horrible shit. And I didn't want to talk to her anymore. Um, so I, like, finally agreed with her, but then she, like, she, like, did a, like, 180 spin and was like, well, now that you agree with me, I don't want to, I don't agree with you, and I'm actually going to take your stance now. Um, and it was, like, super disorienting at the time when that happened to see that happen, um, it also happened, like, there was once that she told me, like, through, like, email about, like, this, like, um, 
seemingly a traumatic memory of some sort that she had and I told her we should talk about it in person and then like the day so like we like she like called me on the phone and she like told me about this stuff um about this like memory and was like crying and upset and stuff on the phone and going through all of this stuff and then um then like the next day I said like we should talk about this in person and everything just to like go through it um you know so I could support her so because I knew what it was like like by this point it had been like nine or ten months since I cut things off with my mom and so I knew what it was like to go through that whole process without having anyone to talk to and I didn't want her to go through the same thing so literally like so one day she's talking to me on the phone and crying and upset about this thing that she remembered and then literally the next day I go to meet her for at like Starbucks and she's yelling at me and very aggressive and wouldn't even look me in the eye like kept putting her sunglasses on and was like telling me that clearly what she told me was just a dream and it wasn't real and that I was being dramatic by wanting to meet and talk about it in person and there was and that my mom and my mom never did anything wrong and was like the polar opposite of what she was saying the day before and um, it took me a while and like a lot of like kind of research on my own to figure out why she did that um, which is why I wanted to talk about this to under to explain like why golden child do this um, it doesn't make what they do okay but but like I said, like, this is more just an explanation to explain it in case knowing the reason may help you. Um, because to put it, like, succinctly, the reason why they do that is because um, when I cut my mom out of my life, my sister was is, like, now guaranteed to be my mom's favorite for the rest of time. Like, until my mom dies because I don't talk to her anymore and so the whole I feel like the whole like dynamic that um parents who create an abusive environment make where they're where like the siblings don't get along um like I feel like what I was saying earlier about like the golden child kind of stuff like the fact that she like pretended to be me online that she felt like I had that, like, still to this day, she feels like I am somehow, like, that I make more money than I do, that I have a better life than I do, um, that she is, like, in any way jealous of anything that I have, um, that she, like, we used to, a lot of arguments and stuff that we got in when we were growing up, she used to, like, even through to, like, when everything happened, when I had a relationship with my mom, she would always be like, oh, you're taking mom's side instead of mine. Like, almost like we were on, it was like two sides. Like, I had to pick one or the other. Or she would like, be like, mom likes you more than me. And it would be like, mom doesn't like me more than you. Like, you just, we just have different interests. Like, for instance, like, I like going to the, to like art museums, which my sister doesn't like to do, but my mom does. Um, I like Star Wars and like science fiction things. My mom actually likes Star Wars a lot. She's the one that introduced me 
to it when I was little. Um, and so when, like, Star Wars movies were coming out and I didn't have anyone to go see them with, um, I would go see them with my mom because I knew that she liked them. And, and then, like, so when we would do stuff like that, my sister would be like, oh, mom likes you more than me. Or, like, she would be like, oh, why do you never take my side in an argument? And I would be sitting there like, I'm not trying to take sides. I'm just trying to, like, stop the argument from happening. But it was very much of, like, a mom likes you more than, likes you more than she likes me. It was, there was always, like, this sort of competition there that she never completely, like, let go of. And, like, even though all those years I told her, like, there's no, like, there's no size, there's no, like, competition, like, I didn't feel like there was anyway, um, she clearly, like, never completely let go of that, and I feel like a lot of golden children do that, like, because it's part of the whole environment of an abusive environment, they, like, your parents don't want you to really get along, because if you get along too much, then you can team up together against them, like, the whole, it's the whole thing of, like, wanting to keep it's, like, the whole thing that we see in, like, all facets of society all over the place, that there's a lot of systems in place to try to keep people, um, like, distracted, or not distracted, but feeling, like, like, infighting or, like, arguing amongst each other instead of realizing that we really should be, like, arguing or, or going after, like, the, the, like, bigger person. Like, the idea that, like, when you, um, like, the, like, the thing I was talking about with, like, my job, like, the lead person at my job was, like, very adversarial with, like, me and the other people that she worked, that she worked with because she wanted to look, like, best for, like, the management, but in reality, like, the manage, like, the top management people are making way more money than we are. Like, she, she, if she would have just, like, teamed up with all of us, it, we probably would have been able to, like, advocate for ourselves a lot better if she would work with us, but she wouldn't because she was so wrapped up in the idea of, like, looking better to, like, the bosses instead of being, like, a real, like, team with, um, to, like, team up together, you know? It's that sort of idea, um, like, if, if my, I wouldn't have been, like, alone dealing with all of the shit that I was if my sister was also there, like, helping defend me and back me up, um, it would have been us versus, like, my mom or us versus my parents, and then it wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been able to get away, it would have been harder for them to get away with some of the things that they did, but, like, because they helped create this, like, adversarial thing where my sister always felt like it was, like, a competition about who got the most attention, which is something that happens a lot. Like, a lot of golden children feel like the scapegoat get a lot of attention, although the attention that we get is, like, horrific. Like, it's all, like, horrible abuse. But to them, they just look at it as if mom and dad are spending all this time focused on you, and it's, like, and they, like, like, almost ignore the part where them focusing on me is because I want to die, <laughs> and, and, like, focusing on, on me 
so much of like yelling at me about how I don't have any friends or the food that I eat and constantly like pressuring me to go on diets and telling and like getting me personal trainers and like signing me up for Weight Watchers trying to get me to go to Jazzercise like all those sort of things is the sort of attention that I got outside of like all of the other shit um and so like when so when I like said I didn't want to talk to my mom anymore like my sister the the hardest the hardest part of that whole thing is that I knew that that was gonna happen that obviously when I told her I knew that that would really be like some sort of a choice she would make like she could either back me up and understand where I was coming from which is what I was honestly hoping obviously I was hoping would happen and I thought there's a part of me who thought that might who was hoping who thought that that was a possibility because I loved her I well I still love her but when I was growing up I the thing that is so hard about this whole dynamic is that the golden child role they tend to feel like this very adversarial like competitive I don't know like situation with us and even though you as a scapegoat you're definitely still angry at them because you see them getting things that you don't get and like having an easier time growing up than you ever did um but at the same time I think because of the role that we're in we feel especially when they're younger we feel like a lot of like protection of them and like I almost feel like my sister is like my daughter sometimes like I feel like I almost raised her in a weird way um like when she graduated from like high school and college I felt proud of her like I would imagine my my mom did and um and so like when I was growing up there's a lot of things that I did to protect her like a lot of the reasons why even though I don't remember me making these decisions I know that this is why I did it like part of the reasons why I didn't like try to tell like report my parents to CPS more or um, try to tell anybody when especially like when I was in high school and I had like a group of friends and I could have conceivably told them and I had like you know, people that could be a support system of some kind that could have helped me, I never told them. And a big part of the reason why I didn't, like, a lot of the reason why I didn't is because of my sister, that the idea was always in my head of, like, if I tell, if I say something and they, like, take me out of the house, um, then there won't be anyone there to protect her from my parents and so I just stayed there I like never tried to run away I never tried to get away and I never really tried to report them partly because I knew that if I left then they might start doing the same thing to her and so I and like my and I've said this before like my sister did a lot of horrible shit to me growing up besides what I mentioned um like she used to lock me out of the house all the time and things like that And most of the time when that stuff happened, I never told my mom or my, or the times when my dad lived with us, I never told my parents about it. I would just, I would just let her do basically anything and get away with it. The couple times my friends brought her up and said that they didn't like her, 
um, I would get, like, in, like, I would sit there and yell at them, which I, like, never did back then, so I was, like, super protective of her and would, like, defend her, even though she was being horrible to me during those years, um, I, she would treat me like garbage and do whatever she wanted to me, and I would never say anything, like, I never told my mom that she, like, stole my debit card and was pretending to be me online or, or, like, did what she did with my college roommate. I never told my mom about any of that. My mom figured out the debit card thing on her own because she saw, like, my bank account information. But, like, the rest of it, I've never told her about. There's a lot of things I've never told, I never told her about. Um, and so, like, so I spent, like, all of this time doing all these things to try to, like, actively trying to protect her from so many things. Like, I still do. Like, I said earlier in this thing that I, like, put off telling her that I had COVID for, like, almost a week because, um, I was trying to protect her from it. I, like, my therapist when I was in my, like, treatment program was the one that basically almost forced me to tell her, like, some of the specifics of the abuse that my dad did so that she would understand what I was dealing with. And he basically had to, like, get me to say it because I always avoided telling her any of that. Um, like, because I felt like I always had to be the one to protect her from everything. And so, um, I felt like I did all these things to try to protect her from my parents. I did a lot to protect her from them. It wasn't until I went to college and that she was like on her own and she had to deal with them without me being there as a buffer which she really didn't like which is why she did a lot of that horrible shit at that time um but still like she it was able to last until she was like 16 before that happened um and so from my perspective I did all of these things to help her to protect her to the detriment of myself and then when I finally told her what was going on and was asking for support she didn't give me any and instead has supported my mom and from her side she looks at it as oh you always got more attention from mom you always got you were always mom's favorite and now that you don't want to talk to her anymore now I can be mom's favorite and always get like that love and attention that I always wanted from her that I felt like she gave to you instead but it's like it's like that idea that you have of me is not actually real and if you spent like five minutes thinking about it you would figure it out you would but you don't because you don't want to figure it out you would rather it's easier for them to just kind of sit in this idea of like oh you got all these things that I didn't get even though the reality doesn't match up like I said earlier like my sister like last year said that she thought that I made more money than I did at my job and it's like what about me having my car break down and never getting a new one selling like my tv my couch my like every all of my furniture and never replacing it like I still don't have a tv I watch everything on my phone I like just got a laptop a couple months ago for like my digital marketing job that I hardly ever use and I got that on like a payment plan like I never buy cl new clothes for myself the last couple years I barely bought anything that isn't um most of the stuff I got was like 
thrifted when I had a car. I used to go to, like, Goodwill all the time. Like, nothing about any of that, like, makes you think that a person makes, like, somewhat good money at their job. But she thought, but she thinks that anyway about me. Because it's easier to just, um, for her, I think, to, like, keep that jealousy going of, like, being, thinking that I make more money at my job and that, that she doesn't have, then she can be, like, jealous of that and then, um, it's easier for her, I think, to then justify to herself why she keeps a relationship with my mom because if she tells her self like oh well Shannon like has got all of this attention growing up when I didn't she like has all these things um but doesn't share them with me like she has money and things like that and whatever blah 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 that I that I don't have or then it's easy to be like oh she has all this shit and won't share with me so fuck that it's like that thing I was saying earlier about how the perception of who you are gets like so jaded and they like the way that they look at you is not actually who you are and like if she would think about it for five minutes she would figure it out but she doesn't because she doesn't want to she wants to it's easier to stay feeling like oh well you just got all this shit that I never did so now I'm just like getting the attention and love that I've always wanted from my mom that you stole from me all these years even though if you like think back to all the things that happened that was definitely not what was going on and especially when I'm sitting here telling you like dad was sexually abusing me and mom helped him cover it up uh the idea of me being like my mom's favorite or like getting extra attention from her in like a positive way definitely falls apart magnificently if you think about that for more than 33 seconds at a time um but she doesn't want to fully believe or like really think about that in that way so she just doesn't um which means that like her like beliefs or stances are like the polar opposite of what they used to be it like I I honestly laugh thinking about it like I laughed when I was explaining it to my therapist just because it's so ridiculous like for the first like 30 some years of life she was the one that was always calling out the things that my parents did wrong and um even though there were times she would tell me like try to stand up for either one of them um a lot of the thing that like perpetuated was this idea that like I wasn't on her side that I was on their side or my mom's side and that it was like this like a competition between the two of us about which one my parents liked more and she always thought that my parents liked me more instead of her and blah 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 like that was always the prevailing idea um and so and so she was the one that always called things out and so that's why I laugh whenever she tries to talk like we barely ever bring up that's why I never bring up my parents or bring up anything to do with them or the growing up or anything at all hardly ever around her because it's like how did how does how does her brain 
reconcile that, like, knowing all of these memories that I have with her, that she would remember, because the majority of them that I remember things like this happening is from when she was a teenager, like, going up in years, so it wasn't like she was too young to remember this stuff, was her doing the polar opposite. And now that I, like, agree with her about the things that she used to say, now she doesn't agree with me, and now says the sort of things that I used to say, except even more, like, dire than what I used to say. And so it's like, uh, how do you, how do you talk to somebody about anything at all when that's true? Like, the thing that made me finally just be like, I just can't talk about her about this anymore and cut it all off. I know I did an episode about it in, like, the fall, winter time of 2020, I think, but I have no idea when, when that episode was or anything. But I just remember that we went to, like, a Costco, and I just said an offhand comment about she knew someone that was getting divorced, and I said, well, at least they won't be as ridiculous as, as dad was, as angry as dad was. And in the middle of this fucking Costco, she sat there, like, arguing with me about whether my dad was, like, being, like, angry when my parents were getting divorced, and, like, would not admit that he was. Like, no, he wasn't being that bad. He was, they were getting a divorce, and they weren't happy, but they otherwise got along, and they were fine. None of that was true. Like, none of that was true. (laughs) Like, when that was going on, even though she was younger, it was something we talked about when we got older, that, like, they were arguing all the time, they were yelling at each other all the time, like, she was the one, when my parents said they were getting divorced, she was happy they were getting divorced, because they were always fighting all the time, and she didn't want to be, you know, living in a house with people fighting all the time, and, um, and it just, that was, it was one of those, like, family things, Like, when you have, like, a family like this, there are, like, certain things that are just, like, truth within your family that everyone just agrees on. And one of the the main thing that we all agreed on was that, like, when they got divorced, that my dad was being a jerk for the first, for those, like, couple years and wasn't really around much and was hard to be around. And so suddenly, now, because of everything that's happened, she's, like, she won't even admit that my dad was mad and he was always mad and so it was like if she won't even and especially now with like the information that she has like the fact that I told her that at the time when my parents were getting divorced my dad my dad was sexually abusing me then um like knowing that and like there's no way to reconcile her trying to argue with me in the middle of a Costco that dad wasn't mean or angry during that time when she also knows that that was happening on top of the things that she would remember so it's like after that it was like if she won't even say that dad was angry when they were getting divorced when dad was always angry like all the time like, consistently through life, um, then I can't talk to her about anything at all. That's just one of those things that's just, like, a known thing in our family. And if you can't even admit that, then there's nothing that you can, that we can ever discuss. Like, we can't talk about anything if you can't even say that. It's like me going up to her and saying that my mom has green hair instead of, like, the dirty blonde hair that she actually has. 
and her like being like no her hair is purple and like refusing to admit that my mom has blonde hair and like to and like arguing to the death until her grave that my mom actually has purple hair never had blonde hair and she has no idea what I'm talking about um so yeah I guess I just wanted to talk about this phenomenon in families like mine and probably like yours if you're listening to this episode like I said this doesn't like make what when like kind of the golden children and families like this do this when they choose their parents over their sibling it's a huge betrayal and it doesn't make the decision that they made any better I'm not explaining this to say that it's okay um I'm explaining this just for people to maybe understand who maybe haven't figured it out on their own yet um that this is why they do it And there's a million things that is sad about growing up in a family like this. But I feel like this environment, this whole situation, is one that is just... It just always makes me sad. Because there's so many things that my sister believed growing up and still does about me that aren't true. And if we we could talk about it for, like... If I... If she just talk to me about those beliefs for a couple minutes I could probably pretty easily show her why those things weren't true and just from how she knows me and like my personality and what I'm like she would likely be able to figure out on her own that they aren't but she's so like entrenched in the like idea and perception of me that my mom especially and my and my parents like helped cultivate of being against me instead of being with me that she just can't like see it it's like it's almost like seeing somebody like stuck in a fog and you can see that if they just walk forward five steps that they can get out of the fog and they can and then they'll be able to see and everything will be fine but they won't walk those five steps forward because they can't see you and they can't, and they, like, are too scared to do it, or they don't think that what you're saying is true. Either way, they just won't do it, and so they're always stuck in this fog, and they can't see what's right in front of them, and they can't see what's really happening, and they make all of their decisions about how they feel about you, and, like, that's the thing that's so hard is that she, like, treated me, she's always treated me a certain way, because she thinks these things are true but they're not and so at this point it's like she would have to admit if she changed her mind she would have to admit that a lot of the things that she thought growing up weren't actually right like that all of those years she thought that my parents were giving me all of this attention and that she just wanted that attention was actually all of those years when I was protecting her from them abusing her and I was instead taking all of the abuse but she doesn't want to see it like that it's easier for her to see me as like an adversary than to realize that during all of that time when she was 
um, yelling at me and making my life not great and stealing money from me and things like that, that I was going out of my way to protect her. Um, that makes what she did during that time a lot harder to handle then. Because then she was doing all those things to someone that was just trying to protect them from something bad. Which she didn't understand. Like, I understand, I, yeah, it's just, I know that's why this happens. Like, this is why a lot of golden children side with their parents because they don't want to have to admit that they were treating their sibling like shit when their sibling was trying to help them and they just didn't realize it because it means that they did that to someone who was trying to protect them and that's that's hard to reconcile but at the same time wouldn't it be easier to reconcile that and um stop like almost stop the bleeding like stop the mistake mistake you made in the past from continuing any further than it has to but that's not easy to do to admit that you made a lot of mistakes like I made a lot of mistakes in life too and it's not easy to admit that and realize what you did and accept responsibility for it and that you were wrong about a lot of things it's much easier to convince yourself that you are actually right and this person telling you that you're wrong is lying. <sighs> so yeah, that's my thoughts on this. Like, I hope I haven't depressed anyone who's listened to this entire thing. <laughs> um, I don't mean to. I just think that things like this are really hard and complicated. Like, obviously, like I've said a couple times, every family situation like dynamic is different between every family but I feel like these are sort of when you get into like the roles there's a lot of overlap and so yeah I hope this helps somebody along the way that is struggling with this that maybe doesn't understand why their sibling like turned their back on them when they finally like when they finally like stood up for themselves from the abuse that they've both been going through from their parents all these years and don't understand why like I it when this all first happened with my sister back in 2018 it was really hard for me to understand like to come to terms with the fact that she um that she didn't support me like that was really hard like really really hard um because I thought that she would. And so if you're somebody who's also going through that right now, I just wanted to do this as like to show a sign of support that like to hang in there. That it's been three and a half years since that happened. And um, it's been a lot easier to deal with it now. It's still always painful but it's way, way easier for me to handle um, dealing with now than it has ever been before. And if it's like that for me, it'll one day get like that for you too. Yeah, I'm, I'll, 
I'll stop talking now.